since we didn't really explicitly mention this during the recording, this episode does have full spoilers for Luke Cage, so if you haven't finished watching that series yet, maybe put this podcast aside for a little while until you do. We now join our regularly scheduled cold open, already in progress. Ken? For fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray! 22 minutes later... I hate Windows 10 at this point. Ken, you're a little bit loud. Shit! (laughs) Fucking really? Yeah. Uh, Hold on. Turn it back down a little bit again. Is that better? Now you're too quiet. Are you fucking kidding me? I am not. I understand why you think I would be, but I, I really am not kidding. Okay, now? I'll take that. Okay. At this point, if, <laughs> some, at, at this point, if you touch it too much, we might lose you entirely. And, you know, at this point, my, it's just like... My, my, my computer might implode upon itself and, you know... By implode, you mean you'll oh, yeah. take a hammer to it and... <laughs> yes, exactly! <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly a definition of implode. I... <laughs> Everybody does. I don't know, we've been having a pretty good time here. Hang on. Great, we're gonna lose him now too, aren't we? Probably. Waiting for the cow. (sighs) Okay, I'm back. I had to go open the oil. (laughs) This is Superhero Time. Anyway, anyway, it's time to talk about Luke Cage. Yay! Woohoo! Sweet Christmas. <laughs> you can say that again because Ken and Paladin are here. Yay! Oh well, you might not be saying yay for that, but regardless, you haven't been on a superhero time branded podcast in quite a while. Yeah, quite a while. Ken, you <laughs> should come back and do Star Trek with us. If I didn't open most Tuesdays, I might consider it. <laughs> What days generally do you not open? Other than that, it seems to vary. But I open an awful lot on Tuesdays. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I guess they hate you. Or they figure, well, he's off on Monday, so... Maybe, yeah. Just cut into his night. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Uh, we also have Matt, a.k.a. Melvar here from RFC, filling in. Howdy. Hi. And I've never been on a Superhero Time branded podcast before. <laughs> well, everybody has a first time. And oh then my. it never ends. <laughs> and I've been lucky to avoid it until now. <laughs> okay, so, um, well, what, like a week ago, Luke Cage came out? Uh, two weeks. Two, two weeks. Two yeah. weeks, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was end of September, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, how that time flies. (laughs) So we've all raced through the show, and we want to talk about it because we missed a chance with Daredevil because we didn't get around to it soon enough. Yeah. Although, with that, there's about half half the season I wouldn't want to discuss anyway. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that Punisher story arc was really good. Yeah, if only you could just hop around and avoid the other one. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're never going to get away from that. Electra is the worst part of Daredevil. Yeah. Electra is somebody I don't think they're ever going to get right in live action at this point. <laughs> is she more compelling in the comics? Yes. Okay. Low bar there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what it is about Electra in particular that just seems to be poison for live action. <laughs> Bad writing? Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Electra should have just been like her own season to herself on Daredevil and not, you know, split with somebody else. Yeah, I think that would have worked. And I that would have could... that would have been better for her and for the Punisher, I think. Yeah, you could have gotten a whole season out of Punisher versus Daredevil. Easily. I mean, I mean, yeah, you could have, except I think the four episodes that were focused on the Punisher were really strong the way they were. And yeah. if you tried to spread that out into more episodes, you well, would probably maybe, diminish maybe, the whole pro- product. Yeah, I mean, there are other Daredevil villains you could maybe delve into as well there. I mean, I think but, they could have done a lot of, like, the framework that exists for Daredevil and Punisher in Season 2 mm-hmm. and been able to develop that into its own complete story where, yeah, the first chunk of it is Daredevil versus Punisher. Then it's Matt Murdock represents the Punisher in court. Or Foggy, mostly. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason that it was mostly Foggy, though, was because Matt was off dealing with Elektra. Yeah. If not for that, he would have been in there, too. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, do a few episodes of that and then have the last, like, four episodes of the season be Punisher gets out and they have to team up to do whatever and then kind of resolve stuff between them at the end. Yeah. I mean, could you, you could totally make Daredevil and Punisher be a whole season together and it would be really good. Yeah. But they didn't. And that's uh. all we're here to talk about anyway. But we sure did have to get that out of our systems. Or at least Ken did, because me, Matt, and Pell didn't talk about that for the, like, half hour Ken was trying to get his headset working. <laughs> Ken, ah, yes. Ken, I just have one word of advice for you in the future when this yes. happens. Well, you know, oil. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. No, that's a horse. I'm talking about oil. can't oil that horse um <laughs> so anyway luke cage um like we're not going to do an episode by episode breakdown <laughs> of this but what? Yeah, that, would be, that would be difficult <laughs> it would take a while yeah yeah it's luke cage is more although you can divide it into two arcs kind of cleanly it's more like jessica jones in that it is just kind of one story I think it really flows together episode to episode more than even Jessica Jones did. Yeah, I could... Jessica well, Jones objectively might be a better series than Daredevil, at least in some parts, but it's also kind of soul-crushingly depressing. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There is some actual levity in Luke Cage, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, with Jessica Jones, though, everything everything kind of... Um, melts together into into a point where I can't really divide the episodes in my head whereas yeah. I think I can do that with Luke Cage at least. A little bit like you say there's, you know, like two distinct story arcs, but I really kind of can't see it that way. Well, I would say the half with Cottonmouth and the half with Diamondback. I don't even see those as different story arcs though. I see that more as a progression. Yeah, because because, like, they they, they kind of lead into each other. Yeah, yeah I guess that you could say that. 
And you're also looking at it more from the point of view that those parts of the story are about those characters, but they're really not. Those two characters are just set dressing for Luke, Luke right. and Mariah. You're right. You're right. Um, because so Mariah, the, Mariah is more really the villain. Yeah, I the, think the than story is really more about those two than anybody else. I, like, yeah, I mean, when well, he and Cottonmouth both showed up, it was kind of a safe bet that one of them wasn't getting out of the series alive, and kind of surprised. Well, yeah, once I hit episode seven. Well, yeah, when I hit episode seven, I was like, uh, uh, you know, just going along, watching, and then this, all of a sudden, just she just smashes him in the back of the head and knocks him out the window. I was like, holy oh, shit! As soon, as soon as she picked up that bottle, I knew something was. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he was not leaving that alive. But I mean, it's great though, because like up to that point, you didn't actually have the expectation of he's going to die before the end of the series. No. Right, I, and see, there's also in the first two se- first seasons of the Netflix shows of Jessica Jones and Daredevil, you kind of had. Sort of a similar sort of villain for both of them, and to some extent, in that you had this really powerful person who that the hero couldn't really touch, and you it kind of felt like they was doing the same thing with Cottonmouth until he she gets murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought Cottonmouth was interesting in the first episode or so, but then when we got into him, I was like, oh, we are literally just doing Kingpin again, aren't we? Yeah, kind of. Started to feel a bit like that until again the brutal. Brutal fucking murder. Yeah. What? Which happened right after he gets away with murdering a cop and mentions that he's untouchable. Which I yeah, and, 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 and the great part about that is like they cut from her smashing his head in to Luke talking about, oh, he's gonna go take down Cottonmouth. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. Actually. No, you know, Luke, just just take the night off. It'll Maybe. be fine. It'll work itself out. <laughs> and in terms of pacing, it feels a bit different from the other Marvel shows as well. Like, take the first episode. Luke barely does anything until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it felt a little stretched sometimes, though. Part of that, I think, is just because you can't have Luke doing a whole lot of stuff because if he goes and starts proactively doing stuff the whole right. episode, you are going to quickly run out of things for him to do because no one can stop him. <laughs> yeah, that, that like is you a have problem. to hold that for a a climax at the end, just because you have to. You can have him barrel through a whole bunch of guys to get something done, but that's only going to take about five minutes. Yeah, he kind of needs the motivation. Though. Though. Yeah, I mean, at least yeah, it's fun to watch. Like, I do like that they didn't wait around to have him do that though, mm-hmm. necessarily, because it's about episode three or so that he's just going on a freaking rampage. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you have to have either the episode two or three hallway scene. That that's yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every Netflix show must have their hallway scene. Yeah, but I like the way they did the hallway scene for Marvel this. Marvel Netflix loves its underlit hallways, like the Power Rangers loves rock quarries. <laughs> yeah, no, but I like the way they did this too, though, because like a lot of different angles. It's not trying to do one continuous cut the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that. Everything in the show is really strongly thematically tied together, uh, and that goes right down to the soundtrack, mm-hmm. too, and I, I really love how strongly they had that vision of what this show would look, feel, sound. The whole the whole thing even the, is just even really the episode tightly t- wound together. Yeah, even the episode titles as well. Well, if you say so, I can't remember episode titles. Well, the, epi- the episode titles are derived from music as well. Oh, okay. 
So it's all it's all kind of you know blended together with mm -hmm. that. It really gave it a good sense of identity having the musical guests all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, actually, a lot of times in a show like this, if you have like somebody in the show playing themselves, it come come across as really cheesy or. So, but but the, but the part with Method Man in episode twelve oh. actually worked really well. <laughs> I, lo I love the bodega scene with Method Man. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks in there. It's like, Jew. <laughs> <laughs> what I size mean, do you wear? <laughs> but like, that's kind of the way the show is overall. Though, like, all that kind of stuff is just really downplayed and just normalized. Mm -hmm. And it really works. It makes the whole thing more down-to-earth than any of the others. Uh, and, and it, in spite of that, though, speaking of normalization, I feel like this is the uh, one Netflix season that really kind of fits itself into the MCU better than the other three so far. Or yeah, at, as shows, best as the other three. He, it, I think it's because he shows off his powers a lot more. You well, get more of a superhero feeling than you did. Yeah, but there's a, there is a, there's a, there's a lot of mentions of, of you know things from the Avengers. There's the stuff from Justin Hammer's technology, mm -hmm. which surprised me. I was like, oh, I kind of got sick of the, I kind of got sick of all the hammer drops the whole time though, because just like okay, a little bit. So I mean, is every answer going to be another piece of hammer tech? Well, especially <laughs> yeah. since I, especially since Iron Man two was uh, pretty successful in proving that hammer tech sucks yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like, it's like did that shit get better somehow when he was in prison <laughs> yes it did because whoever's running his company now harvested all the alien tech yeah so yeah yeah i mean that's what that has to come down to pretty much yeah also it might be that might be a subtle illusion to like yeah this is the stuff that they can get their hands on because it's garbage and nobody else won't really you know wants to run it <laughs> There's some fatal also, flaw. Kind of a little tired of them just referring to the incident as some big thing. Like they couldn't come up with a better name for that. It, the Netflix show like seems like the they, invasion, they, perhaps. They, they, they seem a bit the like the sky hole. Yeah, they, they seem a bit like they're kind of stuck. Your like, mom. Right, they seem like they're a bit kind of stuck, like right after the Avengers, still. Even though there's been okay, so like you can tell. <laughs> The events of Luke Cage, at least for sure, have to be before Civil War. Yeah, because, um, yeah, the government would be coming down on his ass hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's, one... like, not hiding shit. I mean, no. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is when they're making, like, references to the other, you know, major player heroes, nobody's talking about, you know, when they blew up that building full of civilians in Africa or... Was that in Africa? Or, when, or, or, when, or, or when they airport in Germany. Yeah. Or when they blew up that entire country. <laughs> I mean, you know, that stuff would be coming up if this was set contemporary to the movies. Yeah. So... Hopefully that timeline moves along a little bit after the Fenders somehow or another. I mean, that would be the place to do it. Have the group come together, and then after that, if you're continuing on with this stuff, set the time skip. Yeah, which they clearly are, because Punisher's coming after the Fenders, I believe. And, yeah, I mean... I don't think they've given an actual release date for Defenders yet. No, but it's it's going to be the next one after Iron Fist, probably. Which will be next September, probably, or yeah. next next fall at some point. Because yeah, Jessica so Jones was November last year, 
Yeah, yeah and that's and if they're continuing that, that's getting put off until after Defenders anyway, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've said yes to a second season of Luke Cage yet, have they? Don't know, but no, apparently... I'm sure they have by now. <laughs> apparently, it's, it's it, it seems to have done well. All of them do very well. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't it crash Netflix its first day? That well, Netflix the went down the first day it was up. I don't know if they specifically attributed it to that. <laughs> it, was the, it was the second day. Yeah, that's right, because it, 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 was, it was a Saturday that it went down. Yeah, I mean, I, it's t- I'd already seen the first two ep- or two or three episodes. I th- four. Four episodes before it crashed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk characters. Yes. Uh, I think we can put, you know, Luke aside, because, you know, that's kind of the obvious place to start. But let's get into the yeah. supporting cast. Um, I wasn't expecting Pops to go in the first couple episodes, but looking back on it, it kind of makes a lot of sense. I, I see. Here, the bad thing is, I was because I watched one of the trailers uh, uh-huh. about a month before it came out, and it was super obvious in that trailer. It's like he gonna die in the first episode too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I knew he was gonna die. I didn't think it would be in episode what three, two, two. Okay. Mm. That was the end of episode two, I was a little two, confused right? by the timing on his backstory, because when we really get into him, he's talking about running around when Cottonmouth was also becoming prominent in Gangsterverse, but the actor playing Cottonmouth looks like he could be his son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pops looks way older. There looks yeah. like there's about a 20-year age difference between them, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was he was a younger kid in, in that, so... Not that much younger. Yeah, not that much yeah. younger. I mean, when in the flashbacks, I would say Pops was probably closer to 18, whereas uh, Cornell was probably like 14-ish. Yeah, yeah I'm, right. not, I'm not seeing a 20-year gap there. The, pr- prison was hard on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there you go. Yeah. No, I wasn't expecting them to kill him off at that point because I thought he was going to be, you know, Luke's support system through the series. But, but like, what, what, once it start, but once they start heading towards it, you know exactly what's coming. And it makes sense, too, just because those first two episodes were kind of about, you know, he is Luke's adoptive father figure, even though they've only been together for a few months to any meaningful extent, and... And Jessica Jones, yeah. And Luke needed that push to actually start going and doing what he needed to do. Yeah. Because he, like, Pop was trying to get him to go out and be a hero but he would not do it until stuff started actually hitting home. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, who else? I think Misty was one of my favorite characters in the show, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, awkward whenever they get into a room with Iron Fist and Jessica Jones at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's going to be a lot of awkward when they, you know, get going in Defenders. Yeah. <laughs> in general. I mean, if you look, you know, look at Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, all as individual characters right now, and mm-hmm. how would you ever reconcile them to working as a group together? God. I can't see Jessica Jones well, working with anybody. could have been made for the event, the characters who made up the Avengers back in 2012, and they... Maybe Danny is just together. a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the glue that holds them together. God, they need something. Your dad or Claire, because, you know, she's basically Nick Fury for this. 
her involvement in this was really good too and unexpected in the the level it was. Oh yeah. yeah. Because I, I think she was in more that. episodes of this than she was in any other season of any other show. She was, I think, in more than half the episodes. <laughs> like, yeah, she I think like, really prominently. Yeah, and that makes I'm me happy because I really like this too, right? Probably. She's, <laughs> she's in every one of these to some extent, so probably. Actually, at the end of the at the end of Luke Cage, when she stops and pulls the um, phone number for the self defense classes off, it. Colleen Wing is the instructor, which is an Iron Fist supporting character. Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Good catch. <laughs> I would never have made that connection because I <laughs> don't follow this stuff that well. I, I, I now I, I wasn't even looking at the name, but you, I think you're right. Yeah. Of course I'm right. Don't ever question me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like having Mickey here. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm not drunk. And there's less oral sex jokes. Step it up! <laughs> yeah, Matt, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm new at this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're new at this um, style of podcasting for sure. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was good. To see, I was glad to see more Claire's wear as well. Um, the only thing I was slightly disappointed in is that when Misty got her right arm screwed up. I was hoping it would stay screwed up, just because I, even though I know they will never do it in this setting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bionic <No. the> arms! <laughs> Please! <laughs> Coulson has one! Why can't she? Get her a nice hammer tech show. arm. <laughs> What's that? Get her a nice because... hammer tech arm. Punch her <laughs> in the face well... all the time. <laughs> I was disappointed. Like, so she went next episode. It was in a sling. I was like, maybe they'll just in the next episode after that. It's just normal. I'm like, oh man. Like, yeah, we're gonna have to amputate. <laughs> I mean, they they danced around that pretty well when her arm was messed up, just to get that nod in there. But... I think they. I mean, they did that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly. Absolutely. <laughs> but alas, be one day. I mean, we did get at least one really, really, really ridiculous comic book thing, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yes, of course. Um, but, um, yeah, I like Misty. I like uh, Claire as well. Uh, both of them were uh, nice foils as well. I like They only ran into each other a couple times, but both scenes were very entertaining. <laughs> they They play really well off of each other. That that will be something good to get, you know, in the future again, wherever wherever it might fi- find. Because they're they're not shying away from populating other characters and other things. Because apparently Karen is going to be in Punisher. Okay, that, w- that would fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they had a lot it's of a interaction, unusual, but they can make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she needs something to do now that she doesn't have a law firm to work for. Yeah. She, yeah, she's a reporter now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that that, that kind of follows. Yeah. More of the point, she'll probably just be, you know, following him. <laughs> and his bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I admit I was kind of disappointed that Jessica herself didn't show up in the Luke Cage series. They got a few mentions, at least. Yeah, they had Daredevil, it, but... Trish's radio show in that one episode? Yes, also, I... W- that 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 was an easy thing they could just ADR in. Yeah, so that, but that was still nice, nice to have. Oh, see, I missed that. 
Trish talks. Yeah, it was uh, somewhere around the middle part uh, w- before Luke got framed. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's the radio show. Uh, I think when he was jogging around town and they had people calling in to tell about their experiences with Luke Cage. Yeah. Okay. It's the one where she says, like, uh, you know, I think only the people who have not ever met Luke Cage have ah, anything bad okay. to say about him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, because, you know, if you meet Luke Cage and he's not punching you in the face... <laughs> <laughs> or smashing you through walls with a car door. <laughs> That's what happens when he punches you in the face. <laughs> of course, I don't know. I guess when Luke punches you in the face, you probably don't remember getting punched in the face by Luke Cage. No, you just remember. Well, you don't remember anything. There's, there's like this blank spot in your life. It's just been destroyed. Yeah, the crippling pain in the in the reconstructive surgery you remember. But. Yeah, everything before that's kind of a blur. I'm like, yeah. just a Who haziness. <laughs> Let's talk about shades. Now he he was I was surprised so Luke by because Cage basically has the exact same combat style. As... Uh, I think we're losing Paladin. Sorry. Yes. So Luke Cage basically has the exact same combat style as the Kool-Aid Man. Well, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shades. Um, I was surprised by him because at first I just thought he just, you know, he just seemed like you know one of Cottonmouth's thugs. But I think his actor was one of my favorites in terms of just his performance. For the first couple episodes, I could not take Shade seriously. The definite <laughs> oh, no, I, no, no, not at all. I, I mean, well, for the, one thing, he tells Shades because yeah. he wears sunglasses. Giant sunglasses, and he wears them in the dark <laughs> yes. and out in the club. Yes. And, oh, my God. It's like, seriously, man, what? Oh. Let me tell you, as as a purveyor of sunglasses myself, it is not easy to wear those things indoors at night. No. And actually see what's going on, and we've lost Paladin again. Hi, Paladin. How you doing? Sorry, there's something up with the internet here. Moo. <laughs> Precisely. Well, it yeah, would be a superhero you're... time if everything didn't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, of course. I can make it up for lost time. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But, you know, um, yeah, he is, like, at first he's really ridiculous, and you're just kind of like, when's he going to get killed off? Well, that's kind of the thing, too, because, like, very early on I said, okay, so this is basically Wesley, but as a gangster. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, like, you know, when the police pick him up and he goes to jail, and then he gets bailed out, I'm like, Uh okay, so this is where he's going to get killed off. It's just going to be by... um, Diamondbacks guys instead right. of one of the the supporting hero cast. Right, right. But instead, it turns out that Shades has secretly been a badass this whole time. <laughs> like, where did that come from? And did, he just continues to be one for the entire rest of the show. Uh-huh. His, his interplay with Mariah is interesting up to a point. Um, uh, went right immediately following uh, Cottonmouth's death. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was really strong performance, right mm-hmm. there. That was that was good use of that character. I mean, that's, and, that's and, the... And, and, and the good thing about that scene I really liked is that 
as he was going on and on, that something clicked in my head, and as soon as it clicked in my head, Mariah said it. It's like, don't talk to me. Are you talking to me like I'm a you know a child or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, and, that, yeah, that was but, all right. <laughs> but he just he he stays the course, and he just says, "You need to understand that this is what needs to happen. This is the only way this can happen. You need to do this now." And he wasn't wrong. Right. <laughs> he was um, not. And she got away with it. And, like, that's really the point in the show where it becomes clear, okay, Shades is the one who is really, like, behind what's going on to the extent of he is, he may not be in actual control, but he is aware of everything and knows how to keep himself ahead of everything else. And keep who he wants to keep ahead of everything else. Yeah, I mean, he is... He's not he could have just he could just let her rot. He, he's not the power, but he is the person who can make sure that someone can get into the power when the position opens. He is a hell sense. of a tactician. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a strategist. Um, yeah. Because he's a lot more long reaching. Yeah. Um, like I couldn't tell you at what point in this it becomes clear that he wants to set Mariah up to basically replace Cottonmouth, but like. It's not just a spur-of-the-moment thing happening when she kills him, because Shades obviously basically had enough of his shit by then anyway. Yeah, um, he had contingencies for this, basically. Yeah, and just everything after that was getting Mariah positioned more and more, even with Diamondback interfering. Yeah. And there goes Paladin again. Diamondback, I thought, was actually the weakest part. Yeah, yeah, that's that is one thing I was going to get to once we got to him or if we're on him. I'm, I'm my prop so much. Yeah, my problem with Diamondback isn't necessarily. It's more how he's kind of set up than anything else, and that he is really, really, really convenient because Thank let's you. see here, he um he's entertaining. Uh, but he just so happens to be a big weapons dealer who just so happens to be supplying Cottonmouth, who just so happens to be Luke's brother, who Luke, who just so happens to be working at Cotton's Mouth Club at the start, Cottonmouth, who so happens to be old gang buddy of Pops, where Luke just so happens to also work, who also so happens to be close to Reva, and Diamondback's right-hand man is Shades, who also just so happened to be at Seagate. And Diamondback is the linchpin of all of that. Where is Kevin Bacon? <laughs> to a point that for as grounded the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> for as grounded as this show is oh that's yeah that's contrived as hell Diamondback almost utterly destroys that <laughs> okay so and like it's still entertaining it's still a good show but if you're gonna point to a weak point in the show it's that <laughs> okay so my understanding is that the title of Diamondback has gone through like a lot of different hands in the comics Mm-hmm. It probably would have served the show like better. Like very if, different hands. <laughs> it probably would have would... served the show better if Diamondback had remained, you know, an unseen manipulator. Yeah. And Stryker had been his own character. Still, you know, still be Stryker, but not be Diamondback. Also, be somebody Diamondback sent to deal with the escalating Luke. situation. Like, he sees that Luke Cage is involved. He somehow knows that he's Carl Lucas. Mm-hmm. Oh look! I have his brother on my payroll. Listen right. there. Exactly. I mean, you could you can dial down the contrivance of this just with one little change. 
Right. Instead of him just being have his fingers in every pie, and the the problem is with having everybody only having like one degree of separation to each other. Mm-hmm. But at the start of the show, none of them have anything to do with each other, and they just kind of all happen to smash together all at once. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I half wonder if that's on purpose to give this, like, a small community kind of feel. To a degree, it's, but it's... It's way too many. Yeah. yeah too many. Just a yeah. few it's too many. It's too many in too prominent of places. Because, like, there's literally no major character except, like, Claire, who does not have a connection there. Yeah. She's except that she was connected to Luke Cage already through Jessica Jones. <laughs> yes! Oh, and 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 of course, that means that there's also connection to freaking Kilgrave because Reva was connected to that. Yeah. <sighs> just something yeah. else they probably still have to clear up once the Defenders itself hits. No, let's just kind of leave that alone for now. I think I think we're good. Just move forward, like Pop said. Just always forward. <laughs> just, just even Luke Cage was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Yeah, at the end of the show, he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like, that can be a big complaint, but I do think it is the strength of the show. Otherwise, that it is not completely tanked the second half of it. Right. Um, there's a lot of contrivance around Diamondback. Like, you know, his, um, his, his punching glove, his power glove, it's so bad. <laughs> oh. Oh. The power glove. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, that costume. <laughs> yeah, oh, the costume. I, I, I don't know whether to love or to hate it or just... Oh, oh I hated it. <laughs> like, it... Like, on the one hand, it's ridiculous as hell. On the other hand, Daredevil and Captain America do exist and Spider-Man does in this universe as well. So, I don't know. <laughs> like... Daredevil's costume doesn't really bug me. There's an African king that walk that that, that, that dresses as a cat. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's just call it for what. <laughs> I don't know. But there's yes. just something about those costumes that work better as what they are. Like they're right. more they're more fully I, I think realized. It's the fact, I think it's the fact that also um, uh, Diamondback's suit is really just a thick jacket. I think the thing of it is, is that what Diamondback is wearing is, like, in 1993, if you had tried to adapt a comic book costume to live action, that's the uh, result you would have gotten. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's, it's bad because, like, you hit the ep- end of episode 12, episode 12 is really good, and, you know, there's and that in walks, in walks Diamondback <laughs> in this piece of crap. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, this is the cliffhanger, and you're like, ah, ah, ah. Seriously? <laughs> and don't get me wrong, the fight in the next this episode is, the is really good. That's what you're wearing? Well, yeah, like the, the resulting fight is actually really good, so long as you can get past... What he looks like. Yes, his pajamas. Uh, hey, I mean, like, pajamas. yeah, it had to be something along that line in concept just to be able to put him on footing with Luke. Right. But all the same... It didn't there... look like that. It's like it's like I, I know y'all. I, I know you guys have a budget. You made the Daredevil costume. It's really cool. Uh huh. I was I, one of my favorite parts of season two was just to see him, you know, 
going out in that costume because it's really freaking cool, as ridiculous as it is when you step back and look at it. <laughs> well, you know. But, yeah, but, you know, Matt's freaking out of his mind. Right. Um, and the show very well establishes that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Diamondback's pretty crazy, but all the same. But he's got better taste in clothes than that, man. He did for the six episodes, you know, leading up to it, yes. Yes. I just can't imagine that's the best they could do. Yeah, that... And also he's got the blue beetle device on his back. <laughs> yes. Which yeah. just really stands out badly. His, his battery. Yeah. 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 Now, was I understanding yeah. right that the battery was charging every time he got punched? That yes. was my assumption, yes. Yeah, that's, that's what Luke that's says. Why... That's what, that's what that when, when um, she asked him how he knew what to do. He's like, he realizes, like, every time I hit him, he hit me back twice as hard. So I just let him wear himself out. Yeah, he just stood there and let him pummel him until his batteries were dead, and then he broke his neck, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he did, because yeah. he got hit hit in the chin with no armor by Luke freaking Cage and uppercut it across the street. So yeah, Into a he, brick wall. <laughs> he's paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> well, for the moment. Until the doctor gets a hold of him. Oh, boy. Ugh. Yeah, so how about that doctor? I'm not sure I, what I mean, we kind of have about. to probably talk about the backstory a little bit to get into that. Yeah, but... I mean, the origin episode is actually really good, I think. It is. Um, You know, being framed with... Uh... Okay, actually, no, we got to back up a little bit more because it's, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous moment in the entire series, the most, like, blatant supervillain thing, where at the end of the one episode, you have Cottonmouth on the roof across the street, and somehow he just <laughs> produces a rocket launcher... <laughs> And hoist you know, it up was, on his shoulder. It's just like, what? That, that that was ridiculous. But I also just kind of bought it. And he's just sitting up there cackling while he's aiming that RPG at the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, and, and it's like, I, I bought it. And also because, you know, later on when he just gets pissed off at Scarf, he just, you know, flips out and shoots him and runs off. I'm like, yeah, but not with I, an RPG. <laughs> but, That's but, my problem. How did he get that thing up into the city and up on that roof and, and just... Like, I mean, it's not wrong. It's like the whole thing was someone's like somebody had this idea for this great plan. sight gag to end the episode <laughs> on, and didn't bother to like think anything about the logistics of it or how it like, actually first, play out I for real. I about Diamondback. I will, I will concede to you that is ridiculous, but I loved it. You know, Luke should just stay out of New York small businesses. The last one caught fire, and this one blew up. <laughs> well, no, his, also- no, the bar blew up too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and things Bob's just got keep shot exploding up. around Luke Cage. The barbershop got shot up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. pummeled. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, if, if you see Luke Cage walking into your building, you're just like, sorry, bro. Unless you're being <laughs> robbed. Unless you're being robbed, then it's okay. Um, like, until I, you, I, until I, he's I, done. I will give you free point. takeout to wherever you live for <laughs> the rest of your life. But I would like my building to stay standing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the origin episode was good for being framed with, you know, a building falling down on him after being shot with a rocket launcher by a dude in a suit (laughs) cackling on a roof across the street. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, the uh, being pinned under the rubble and slowly digging out was a good way to get through the whole flashback thing needed. Um, So we never actually find out in the course of the show what he was framed for exactly, do we? I think the implication is murder, but I don't really think they go into full details on it. 
pretty sure the implication. I feel like the implication was pretty strongly that it was murder of some sort. Mm. Um, I don't remember exactly though. It's kind of is that thing that Netflix shows do kind of tend to blend together a little bit. Um. Okay, but I mean, they don't ever really say outright, just he was framed for something that was in the prison probably forever. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, people hate. Mm-hmm. And so we get the whole backstory of everything, and the most stereotypical prison guard. Of course. Of course. Well, I mean, that, on the other hand, on the other hand, it is a Georgian so <laughs> and and that part they actually lifted from his uh, comics origins if i if i've yeah if mm-hmm. i'm thinking correctly yeah there there's a lot of details the, from the, his yeah, comic the, origin that the, was like taken cro- straight straight from it yeah the crooked guard sets up the experiment to fail and try to kill him right so which they kind of tweak here since the guard basically just tries to sabotage the experiment once it's underway mm-hmm and they don't really explain why they're doing the experiment to begin with, do they? Well, well it's probably the typical, you know, Marvel Universe thing of, let's try to make recre- super soldier serum again. Yeah, so let's, we want to make another Captain America. Yeah, because they, they went to the problem of saying that Seagate was a privately owned facility to... Mm-hmm. So, naturally, there's, you know, somebody high bankrolling this, you know, with shady dealings going on, which is how the Doctor got employed in the first place mm-hmm. to run his experiments I, on, I, I'm, you know lab rats that nobody cares about. I know it's been speculated before that um, that perhaps the accidents relate that gave Jessica and Matt both their powers might also be related. So I'm wondering if they might kind of try and tie that in as well. Weren't the uh, Matt and Jessica accidents tied to something from Iron Fist? I don't remember exactly. I'd have to go back and look at the shows, actually. <laughs> Like I think it was a... could also be tied to the experiments on Kilgrave. Yeah. Well, well I mean, it, it is because to a degree, isn't it? I mean, there has to be some relation because otherwise, why did Reva Connors have the right the data that Kilgrave was looking for? But do we know why Kilgrave was looking for that data? Maybe Reva just you know let it slip what she was working on, and he's like, "Oh, hey, I could use some super soldiers of my own." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, imagine an army of Luke Cages controlled by Kilgrave. I mean, you already had the one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's another one of those things they don't really get into clearly, but given that, like, we went, you know, from Jessica Jones to here without any implication of Reva being, you know... Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might be a while before we actually find out what the real connection there could have been. Hopefully something comes up in Defenders because that will be the opportunity to have all these characters in one shot. Well, like, I'm pretty sure Jessica and Matt's accidents were connected to one company. Um, And then, you know, if Luke has a tangential connection to that too... It seems like it could very well be a plot point. You have all of that stuff tied back together yeah, and find yeah. that common cause behind it. And we don't know who the villain for that is yet because we don't know who Sigourney Weaver is playing. So, Well, that was kind of a shock. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a, a good shock. That's an exciting one. Yeah, that is a very exciting shock. Very unexpected. What kind of options are there for her? I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, it, it's hard to say because what is the Netflix Defenders is nothing like any of the actual Defenders. <laughs> so they have a pretty much a clean slate to do whatever the hell they want. And I like that. Yes. You know, they've given us, they've given us enough solid shows that I have faith that they can do something basically all original mm-hmm. and do it well. Mm-hmm. And, like, actually, you know carve out their own thing finally and not rely too heavily on the existing comic material. Yeah. I'm, you know, I was so super impressed with Daredevil and I'm just so glad that even with season two not being the best, it was not like a disappointment to me. No, it's, it's, it's the thing is that you can like solidly recognize, and I think a lot of people do, of what the weakness in that season is. Yeah. And, I mean... That's that is one thing about producing an entire season all at once as well. They don't get feedback as they go along, <laughs> but that's also good in a way too. To a degree as well. Yeah, you kind of um, you omit the chance for executive meddling partway yes. through it if somebody doesn't like what you've got going. Yes, it's a it's double edged sword. Yeah, but Works you get in some places. You get a really solidly packed product if it's maybe not the best concept to start with, yeah, you're going to have that the whole way through, but it's still going to be pretty internally consistent as such. Yes, internally consistent is definitely something more superhero shows could um, (laughs) uh, use. (laughs) Arrow! I'm sorry. Now, Marvel hasn't exactly drawn the line between the cinematic universe and the Netflix universe, right? They've never really said who can appear in what and, and why. Um, well, basically the problem with that is, since the split between Marvel Studios and Marvel Everything Else, where, um, Kevin Feige has complete creative control over Marvel Studios and, uh, does not have any fingers in the TV stuff at all, be it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Netflix shows, that's why there's been a lot more disconnect, I think. Um, now... Because of the popularity of the Netflix shows, I think there's always a chance they could do something. But it seems less likely, especially considering the fact that like, you have the production schedules of the movies. They're filmed a year and a half before they uh, came out in theaters, whereas Netflix shows are filmed like six months before they come on TV. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sync that up as well. Like, I... At best, I could see a cameo here or there, mm-hmm. but like, does, does like, 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 like at best is like a um, second unit footage in Infinity. Yeah, somebody would appear or, on a TV screen, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, Spider-Man randomly runs into Daredevil or something, something like that. That would be great. That if... could be fun. <laughs> that could be fun. Daredevil's <laughs> just standing up on a rooftop, and like he just looks off to the side, just in time for Spider-Man to swing into him from that direction. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I don't see anything direct happening. I mean, you never know. They might pull, like, something unexpected, like in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We did get Sam Jackson in a a few episodes. I would guess that the one everyone really wants right now is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in Spider-Man. 
Well, obviously. Yes. <laughs> God, if only. <laughs> um, give it a couple sequels. Shit. Um. Damn. Oh, I want that. <laughs> if if Spider-Man does as well as its own movie as Spider-Man did in uh, Civil War, like, yeah, I, I could see them putting that together. Just you have like a really strong lead and a really strong villain all in one product together. It would be really nice to have a different villain than just Norman Osborn in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're getting Vulture, I think, right? Oh, yes, because Vulture is just so great. Yeah, and I think Michael Keaton would be fun at that. That's the thing, though. If it's Michael Keaton, it could be great, actually. (laughs) Like, a good actor can make a character that nobody's ever thought much about, like you know, actually several characters in these Netflix shows, um, sure. um, <laughs> into something really great. Mm-hmm. So you know the fact that you have Michael Keaton in that movie does I do find exciting. Plus, I really want to see Michael Keaton and Robert Downey Jr. play off of each other at some point in that. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> That's just unimaginable. Yeah. Right. But yeah, the most surprising thing of Luke Cage's origin was just finding out how deep Reva is in all the bad shit. Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's a horrible bitch as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and that that makes you look at everything that happens in Jessica Jones in a whole new light now. Yeah. And I expect it will him as well, which is probably one of the reasons that he, you know, he won't, you know, Tried to smash her head in or anything, hopefully, in the Defenders. <laughs> yeah, like... It's going to be real interesting to go back and watch everything once the Defenders come out and see how, how everything fits together in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also very long at that point. Because <laughs> yeah, at that point yes. you're talking about... Oh, God. Like, uh, five complete Five series. seasons of 13 episodes that are all at, like... Around over, an hour, yeah. Almost an hour most of the time. Uh-huh. They average out to an hour, probably. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage had one or two short, like, 45-minute Luke episodes. Cage also had a couple that were over an hour. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the first thing of Daredevil had a few that were over an hour, too. But, no, I think they had some that, like, just hit the 60-minute mark, but didn't really go over it. Yeah, like, maybe, like, 62 or 63. I'm... Yeah, something like that. Um, but, yeah, um, the origin was good, and... And the escape... And the escape and the costume. <laughs> oh, that costume was magnificent. And it's, it's Even like he realizes how stupid that was. And like sometimes I do roll my eyes when you know the little live action superhero things will make fun of the superhero costume. But let's be real. <laughs> Even the comics are like, no, no, no. <laughs> it was the seventies. That was okay back then. No, <laughs> that was never okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. The, the best part, though, was he actually had the chain belt. Yes, holding his pants up. That that was that was the tu- the finishing touch, right? There. <laughs> nice little attention to detail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the good stuff. I, I like that the actual name of the program was Tiara. <laughs> And, and and he says it straight face later on when you know uh, he and Claire are looking through the files, and I'm just like, and, and like no, nobody, neither of them make a comment on. It. I'm like, 
you could, you could have had whatever you wanted there. <laughs> I think it's funnier they didn't make a comment on. I don't know. But like we were alluding to before, like Mariah is kind of the breakaway character of the show. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I wasn't really sure what to expect out of her in that first episode because, like, they were kind of playing that close, just how involved she was. Yeah, and you almost think that maybe she might not be that bad of a person. She's just, you know, maybe she just you know, went wrong. And like, nope. Yeah, yeah Cottonmouth, <laughs> you know, Cottonmouth is family, so she's kind of going along with it, and he's just using her connections for power. Mm-hmm. But, and her money to keep her yeah. involved. Right, right, yeah. Well, and then no. the series goes, no. <laughs> no. Watching the first episode, I was all trying to get ready, you know, the, the Ahab got go get his whale jokes. <laughs> but just, like, as I went on, that was just more and more irrelevant. Yeah. No, she was a really, really strong performance at every point of this. Um, uh, like, the perfect portrayal of a political character who uh, is just yeah. falling more and more into this uh, criminal world. And just becomes more and more venomous as, you know, people attack her. Yeah. And for all the things that, in the show that are timely, I think that that feels like the most unintentionally timely thing in this, in this series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I looked at that, and I looked at the real world, and looked at it, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that part had to be kind of just happy coincidence. Kind of like the entire plot of The Winter Soldier. <laughs> you know, I still haven't ever watched The Winter Soldier. I need to get a copy of that. Yeah, you should. It's good. It's good. I just never got around to it. It is It is still it's solidly one of the best movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think. It is definitely one of the best, yes. Okay. I've lost my train of thought now since you started talking about the Winter Soldier. But... Uh, Mariah. <laughs> well, I know that. Oh, okay. Jeez, Ken. Um, I gotta say, the most disturbing scene in the series easily is that uh, experiment after he got shot to get the shrapnel out of him. Well, I was I was holding off on that a little bit until we talked about the plot device. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, since I forgot where I was going with Mariah anyway, I guess we might as well... Judas bullets? So I, yeah, I mean, I guess they had to introduce some kind of weapon that they could use against him, because otherwise, like, how are you going to motivate a plot? Right, right. Maybe special Just... alien metal bullets wasn't quite the way to do that. <laughs> no, I, th- that was when I was like, okay, this is definitely based on a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> That's before you got the Diamondbacks costume. Okay, yeah. so, like, it's one thing to have the description of what the bullets do. Um... And, you know, they had the demonstration video showing the guy get blown up through his Kevlar vest when he got shot. And that's also, like, that's not so over the top. It really started failing for me when uh, the one went into the wall and made the drilling noise and the sparks were shooting out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's one thing to describe it doing that as a way to understand what it's doing as it you know, does its bullet thing. But they went a little too literal with it then in the portrayal. Yeah. I mean, I can I can get that. On the other hand, I mean, the universe is getting kind of ridiculous. 
So, I mean, well, more you, and more it, with every passing movie, yes. Yeah, and, and so it, it's kind of, it, it is ridiculous, but it's also kind of thematically fitting to the world it's in, so I'm not quite sure where I stand on that. My my thing with it, if they're already accepting that, okay, we're introducing something based on the alien technology that is scattered all over the place now, yeah. you know, give somebody a little energy weapon. Yeah. Because that could just as easily be effective against Luke as some wacky drill bullet thing. Yeah. Yeah. And would probably play a little bit better on screen. Yeah. I mean, for that matter, do away with the alien aspect of it altogether and just make it like, you know, a focused high-intensity sound weapon or something. And the thing about and the thing about it that sticks out for that as well is that basically most of the MCU has kind of left the Chitauri technology stuff behind. Mm-hmm. Like, there was cleanup of it in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before Winter Soldier happened. But that's really been all anybody's touched and, on since then. Yeah, well, they were cleaning up the Hydra bases and stuff in uh, Avengers 2. True, but that wasn't necessarily, Ch- yeah. was necessarily Chitauri technology. Yeah. I, I mean, hell, Hydra. Hail Hydra, Hydra, you say? No, 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 I mean... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh God. No, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. 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 Um. I'm. Just, I'm saying, like, you know, make it. You know, passing mention to getting it from Hydra or something. It's workable. They exist well, all throughout the universe. They were kind of they pu- hinting they with pu- hammer tech. What's that? Weren't those bullets something they were also kind of hinting around might have been? Oh, no, they tech? weren't hinting at it. It is. Okay. It was from. It was. It was from Hammer. There were so many and, Hammer reference drops. It's hard to remember which. Like ones were you can over. tell it was from Hammer just by the way it was named. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It reminded me of that scene in um, the ex-wife two with the ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like at first I thought it almost, I almost thought it was that, but like, no, it worked. So that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could just assume that, uh, you know, Hammer Industries was heavily involved in the cleanup effort and kept a few things. Yeah, whoever just had running it for him, because last we saw of Hammer, he was still in prison. And the... Uh, in the... What was it? That's, that's, the Hail to the King short. Yeah, with uh, the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mandarin. With the real Mandarin, supposedly, in that. Or hinted at hinted at. One of his agents is in it. I love yes. Ben Mandarin. I'm sorry. I do. Uh, no, so do I. <laughs> ben Kingsley Mandarin was great. I, I, Such a subversion. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the best way, though. Yeah, it's because, like, let's be real, you couldn't do that. So, Seriously. like, the most pointless thing with the Judas Bullets, though, was, um, okay, so, like, made the big point of, you can take this amount of metal and break it down and make a bunch more of these, you know, slightly less powerful bullets and distribute them to the cops. And they did that. But the cops never actually came to the point of using them. No! Like, they they kept threatening Luke with them. Yeah, they made this whole big deal about getting them into the hands of law enforcement so that they could be used against Luke, and they never were. But, no. the point of that is, I think we're going to see in future installments is uh, someone made the offhanded comment that whenever you 
give something to the police, it ultimately ends up on the streets. Mm -hmm. And see, I'm a little wary of that because I understand needing to have some kind of weakness, some, some way to actually, you know, make Luke vulnerable to some degree. I would rather just have that be someone really strong like Diamondback was in episode 13 rather than just, well, now he can't get shots. Or, or maybe Je- Jessica just shoots him in the face with a shotgun every now and then. Well, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, enough blunt trauma will mess him up inside. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. get someone he, developing... He was still bleeding from the mouth at the end of that fight in the last episode. Yeah. Get someone developing some kind of out-of-the-box weapon system like, you know, something ultrasonic or something. His skin won't stop that, and it will mess him up on the inside. Or you maybe know, just you can... somebody else with superpowers. Yeah, I'm, think, I'm just thinking more in terms of, like, you know, you get a well-connected street gang that wants a weapon to use against him. Mm-hmm. And you can get someone to science up something with, you know, everyday stuff. Right. There's other ways to go about it without needing the plot device bullets. And the problem with those, too, is if he gets shot with them, we've seen what he has to go through to actually, you know, get the pieces out. I don't want to I want to see the, I want to see him get deep fried again. Yeah. Uh, so, so they deep fried <laughs> yeah. him in all of Ken's oil. <laughs> yes, they did. Thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I think we were all waiting for that. I mean, that was obviously intentionally a very disturbing sequence. Yes. Um, uh, of course, uh, uh, when, they, uh, when they dipped him for, I think, the third time, it got a little ridiculous. A little bit. Also disturbing. Oh, oh, when they had to get the DNA sample. Uh, or, or, the, or, or, the mucous membrane in the back of the throat. Yes. Uh, it, just look like, just look on Luke's face when they, when they said that. You're like, like I feel you. <laughs> um, but also disturb, also in terms of disturbing things medically. The scene where Claire was trying to get inside his wounds after he got shot. Uh huh. Yeah, it just I thought I was uncomfortable when she stabbed him in the eye in Jessica Jones. Right. But this went on for a while. Uh huh. And I just like it's like she could even though she couldn't get in there. Yeah. She just had to try. So yeah, she so tried. Th- think about this though. Luke Luke Cage got shot multiple times. Yes. Uh, he was with Claire for what seemed like a couple of days. Uh-huh. Let's bear in mind, they drove from New York to Georgia. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's, yes. that's two or three yes. days making good time. You could do it in a day, I think. Uh, mm. uh, 28 hours, I think they said it was. Yeah. 28, hour, 28 hours drive. This is after being shot a few days previously. Luke's imagine, of... imagine, imagine that. Uh huh. Oh God. How long would that car ride feel? Eternal. <laughs> yes. God. Oh, that's just because you're going to Georgia. <laughs> Living no, there, no, I no, know. No, no, the 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 car ride feels eternal because you've been shot a couple of days ago. Um, Georgia feels eternal because you're in Georgia. Which also feels like going to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These 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 things are all true. <laughs> When you're in Georgia, it feels like you're never getting back out. Haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we keep inviting you? And she keeps happening. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> I think you're lying. I think Georgia is just a curse. 
Oh, it is. I've been there. <laughs> I don't think there's much question about that. No, no. Well, Ken, in December, maybe you can come with us and meet Scott. Depends on when. December. Depends <laughs> on when in December. December. Okay. <laughs> Helpful. But anyway. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to think when that doctor, you know, led him out to the barn for one thing. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> what you wouldn't think about that doctor a lot of times. Like, well, sometimes yeah. I was like, oh, maybe he's not so bad. Oh, maybe he is. Oh, he's even worse. <laughs> he's he's not so bad, except for that he's really determined to see his work be completed. He is obsessed. Yes. He's, he's going to do something bad at some point later on. <laughs> he is not necessarily intentionally evil. Um, he's yes. just, he has questionable morals. Yeah. Which is probably why he has a medical practice in his barn. <laughs> so like, like, so do y'all? Do you I'm sorry. Stuff had like... a medical practice in his barn. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to look at that and think. How often does he use this stuff? Because <laughs> um, it, it, it's not like it's dusty or anything. He it's has like... a human-sized vat of acid <laughs> in his barn. He sure he does. He tested it to make sure it's human-sized. <laughs> And it, yes. And he yeah. hasn't hooked up to a boiler. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And gallons of chemicals. I am not yeah. so sure he's not. Of course, it's Georgia, so that could just be for evil. making meth. Yes, maybe I mean... it's a part-time meth lab. There you go. That's that's that, that's that's better than anything I can think of. That's actually more benign than anything I can think of. Okay, so what exactly was going on during Cage's treatment? Like, I wasn't exactly sure what they were explaining was going on. Were they just, like, boiling him in acid to weaken his skin so they could get into him? Or Basically, basically, I think once it hit a boiling point combined with the chemicals and the salt and all and so forth, um, it basically kind of broke down temporarily the effect of his healing factor and his impenetrable skin. I mean, honestly, at some point along the way before they got there, I was expecting just, like, his body's <laughs> going to pop out those bullet fragments. Uh, or I was expecting him to just come up as a skeleton, <laughs> maybe. No, I'm talking about, like, before they ever got to Georgia. Right. Right. Like, he would either just pop them back out through his skin or, like, you know, at one point cough and there'd be like, oh, hey, piece of bullet. <laughs> You know, like his his body that, that is finding. That would happen if it, if only he had shot him in the stomach. Yeah, you know, his body is just finding just a way to out. get the stuff out of him. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Are you okay? Like a... Are you okay in the bathroom? <laughs> Pass it like a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh. 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 bullets. Oh. Shrapnel at that. <laughs> it sounds more impressive if you say piss and bullets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta write that one down. Um. Okay, so what else do we have for Luke Cage? Uh, well, there who, is who this. Are we missing? Luke Cage. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, I guess there is the main character of the show. Uh-huh. 
But, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of it is more... It's more the world of Luke Cage. Um, you know, starring Luke Cage. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, like, there is so much attention that's not on him, and I think just out of narrative necessity. And time necessity. We can't, we can't have Mike Coulter on, on, the, on screen, you know, for the full 13 hours. But, yeah. Well, have you tried? <laughs> He's well, be... Most people would watch that. Yeah, I don't think people would complain about having him on screen for the full 13 hours, Ken. No, 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 they wouldn't. <laughs> I'm a straight man. I wouldn't mind looking at him for 13 hours. I mean, can't, I can't argue there at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too, because like, when I first heard that he was cast as Luke Cage, I was really skeptical. Because um, yeah. I'd seen and... him on TV before in a different role, and it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't see Luke Cage in that guy at all, but like, yeah. you know, throw 45 pounds of muscle on him. Yeah. You know, it's like work. <laughs> and we're back to Jessica Jones again. Yeah, and, and, and if he stood out as really, really subdued in the first few episodes, mm-hmm. but I think... But I think that's on purpose. Yeah, I think by the time he does go on his rampage... <laughs> and you get his origin story, he does come into it a lot more. One thing I didn't like, like structurally with the episode was how the initial ones kind of started the episode. They did the cold open basically. Some of them did the and some of them didn't. Um I didn't like really like that as a recurring which thing. style they wanted. Yeah, kind of. Because like Jessica Jones didn't have any cold opens. Daredevil always has cold opens. Luke Cage is just uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I appreciate that flexibility in the Netflix show that, like, okay, we can structure this episode how we need to to work the way we see it. Yeah, to, to the point that they have an opening theme that's as long as an anime opening. <laughs> <laughs> that theme song is so good, though. It is. All of the music in this show is just so perfectly appropriate for this show. Mm-hmm. It is some of the best music design for a series. Yeah, for a TV series especially. Yeah, I was really impressed with that. But yeah, Luke was subdued in the first few episodes, but like by design. Yeah, cause, he's because still you, a... do, you do have to think about what he just went through. Yeah, he is and, still and, at that and, point and, where he's and, trying to stay quiet and unnoticed. And also the last time he really went all out of his powers, he nearly murdered the hell out of Jessica. Um, and, you know, and nearly got murdered himself as a result. Yeah, and when you look back at, you know stuff in Jessica Jones, you know, Kilgrave's victims had a lot to deal with afterwards, so you can just imagine, yeah. after all the shit Luke had already been through, which we see here, mm-hmm. having that on top of it. I mean, like, I understand why they wouldn't want to spend time talking about what happened to him in great detail in that show, but it's kind of amazing that he's not still, like, wrestling with the after effects of being Kilgraved. You know, one thing about Kilgrave, though, why why you mention it, he gets only one mention in the show, but the way it's done is really kind of disturbing. Because oh, it is. It, it is. Because, because it throws this notion out there, which makes perfect sense. That, that he's no, the victim. That, that nobody is going – No, nobody. most people reasonably would not believe, even in this world of, you know, gods oh, you and people in armor yeah. and – Oh, this guy can control your mind, and she snaps his neck. Hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, they made it sound like he was the victim of someone on the rampage. And considering how much Jessica was the victim, that is really f- 
fucking disturbing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, and it's only one line. Just one line is all you needed for that. Uh huh. It also makes me wonder, like, what's going on with Jessica right now. If that's the, you know, public opinion on yeah. the matter. Yeah. Which could explain why she didn't come out to try and defend Luke Cage or anything when he was accused of killing those cops. Who would believe her? Right. She would just, she would just hurt things, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she would not have helped at all. No, she would have hurt his case more than yeah. anything. Now, she probably that... passed out drunk somewhere anyway, so. Well, once she started seeing him on TV, she probably was like, well, where's the, where's the whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or once he started being on TV, he's, you know, just decided to get out of town for a while. Like, yeah. Like, get away from this uh, ship. Like, Malcolm, you, you handle the office. I'll be back in six months. I, w- I wonder if he's still pissed I shot him in the face with a shotgun. Just <laughs> by how he is at the start of the show. Probably yes. <laughs> By the end of the show, he might be more pissed about the shotgun blast than her, you know, killing his wife. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at, at the end of the show, I don't think he really gives a shit that she's dead anymore. No. Yeah. Good news, Jessica. <laughs> He's still not that into you, but he doesn't hate you anymore. No, I I like the progression of Luke um, over the course of the series, just kind of, you know, getting his shit into gear and stepping up to do what Pops wanted him to do all along, but still kind of just doing it his way. Yeah. Although, the show is so heavy-handed with the be a hero for hire, just over (laughs) and over again. It, it, to the point that it was even in Method Man's song. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just... I, the, 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 thing, the thing about it is, I feel like the way Luke is set up in this universe, that wouldn't fit his um, modus operandi. No, it wouldn't. No. It feels too self-serving for yeah. the way he he's displayed here. Now, I mean, you know, hook him up with a character who can kind of rationalize it for him. Like Iron Fist? Like Iron, <laughs> or Iron Fist? That's what, which is why I hope that Danny is, you know, just kind of, maybe maybe, maybe he'll have just a little less baggage. <laughs> which, which, Danny is rich, so why would he ever need to, you know, hire himself <laughs> out? That always bothered me a little bit. But... This is true! <laughs> Pretty bastard! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see... Spider-Man is broke as shit! <laughs> I can see a heroes for hire thing in this world working kind of the same way that Matt and Foggy's law firm worked. You know, we are ostensibly a business. We have bills to pay. Right. Pay us what you can. So that's but never even if you anybody. can't, we'll probably try to help you anyway if we can. So th- that's resulting in them never making any money ever. <laughs> Which is why I'm sure they went with calling the show Defenders instead of Heroes for Hire. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm sure that was batted around. <laughs> well, it had to have been, right? Yeah. Although at the same time, you can't really like expect you know Daredevil to be <laughs> officially on the roster of the heroes for hire. Like you know, you can no. have him on the poster on the wall. <laughs> right. 
had the picture of Jessica up there with the bio underneath, snapped the guy's neck because he was mind-controlling her. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, like, the whole Heroes for Hire thing probably wouldn't fly that well, given the background of the characters involved. Lee Cage's convicted felon. <laughs> Prison escape. Lab experiment. <laughs> Only temporarily. Yeah, they, they, they have... The, the information at the end of the series to clear him, they just haven't used it yet. Right. I, 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 clear, which I can only I, assume she means foggy. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I assume that Defenders is going to open with foggy <laughs> defending <laughs> defending Luke. Well, she left Hell's Kitchen before uh, Nelson and Murdoch broke up, so I don't even think she ever really met Foggy, did she? It's been a while since I've seen Daredevil. I think they talked on the... F- no, she did meet him in the hospital once. Okay. Um, but, yeah. I don't remember exactly what was going on then, but yeah, he was in the hospital. He talked down the guy who was holding the emergency room at gunpoint. Right. Um, Claire was there okay. watching. So, like, she has met and talked to him. Foggy referred to their mutual friend. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Claire probably is referring to Matt as the, you know, good lawyer she knows. Unfortunately. Well, she'll catch up if she, you know, runs into him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, tried to go by your office. It was closed. What's going on? <laughs> um, well, you know, the whole Punisher thing that didn't really, uh... <laughs> work out too well. I got distracted by my ex-girlfriend. And... <laughs> Kinda didn't go to work for a couple weeks. Yeah, season two of Daredevil. By the, I, I, I kind of didn't like Matt after a certain point. I like Foggy and Karen a lot more, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that part of the season was definitely about them. Yeah. Which <laughs> just makes the whole Electra thing more superfluous. Yeah. 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 I appreciate taking the time to develop. Foggy and Karen more as like prominent parts of the cast, especially considering Karen will be off on her own in Punisher. Yeah, I'm still I'm still wondering when Karen's going to get you know the um, the comeuppance from you season know, one killing Wesley. a dude, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, I still got ahead of the season one of Daredevil. Wesley's death was like the most effective shock. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Because, like, you totally don't expect that to happen. No. Uh, and, and it... Honestly, I would not mind her not ever really getting a comeuppance for that, and it just re- residing in the back of her head for the rest of her life. Yes, it, it just eats her alive. Just the fear of the comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if she's hanging around with the Punisher, because, like, if she yeah! finds out... <laughs> oh, yeah. No freaking kidding. <laughs> you know, that's kind of... That's kind of dangerous sounding now that you think about it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I got the impression that's why she was so dedicated to trying to help the Punisher, trying to prove that yeah. he's a decent person even though he's killed so many people. Yeah, I, a... I believe that was. It's like, it's, it's, it's like she that. keeps trying to say, well, he's a decent person, and Matt's like, no. And, and you can just see in, the, in her eyes, like, <laughs> you decent person don't piece kill of people. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> decent, decent, decent people don't kill people. Yeah. And she's uh, like, oh, uh, uh, you don't say. Uh. 
Um, anything about Luke Cage we need to uh, cover that we haven't really touched on yet? The character or the series as a whole? Any of it. Because I really, really liked the uh, the rooftop scene after Pops was shot up with Cottonmouth and his uh, henchmen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Unfortunately, like, that was one where you could kind of read what was happening. Oh, no, you knew the guy was going to die. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt about that. It's just, at what point? <laughs> and, ha- and how is it going to happen? How many things does this guy have to say before he gets thrown off the roof? <laughs> if you ask me, not enough. Because, like, cause like, if you know this is coming anyway, you might as well milk it for as long as you can. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, have him talking every step of the way to the edge of the roof. Have him, you know, still, like, saying something like, as like, he's falling. Like, I, I, I kind of wish Method just, like, calmly put his hand behind his back, led him over to the edge. Shades and Mariah just stand back. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps talking and going on and on and on. And then and in mid-sentence, he, 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 this is prolonged as he falls off the building. <laughs> I just love the scene because it was like, okay, so you shot him. All right, so you waited until he walked outside. Uh, actually, <laughs> okay, okay, so you shot the place up. No problem. We'll give Pops money to build. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> it, oh, he was just so calm about the whole thing and it just right off the roof. It's a sudden switch flipped in him. He <laughs> just murders the guy five seconds later. Well, it's like the thing in, what was it, episode one or two, where he's got the guy tied to the chair. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like, I'm not going to hit you because you don't hit a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy spits on him, and it's like, thank you. Thank and then you. he rolls up his yeah. sleeve and beats him to death. And th- the freaky thing about that particular scene is, he looks so calm. Well, and see, like, we were, we were we were comparing him to Kingpin earlier, which I think is completely valid. And Kingpin had the same switch, but he went he... from perfect calmness to blind, destructive rage. rage. Yeah. Whereas Cottonmouth has the switch, but it's more of a... He is a lot more rationally in control of what he does after that switch is flipped. That is yeah, just, those punches just were his... very precise. <laughs> Yeah, it, and that's he just can the turn switch. it on and off a lot faster. It's the switch that delineates his mode of behavior, but he is in perfect control. Basically, on the both only sides time he, the only time he wasn't was when he was going around with that baseball bat, and smashing stuff up. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, every that, other was, time, that was kind of a different. Yeah, that was a bit of a different circumstance. Yeah, but every other time. Yeah, it was it was measured like and switch. controlled. Which makes which made him a lot scarier. Oh, he was very scary, but like he also, I think because because of that duality, he was a more interesting character. Was yeah, um, you know, he was not just some elevated thug off the street. He was he a businessman. Um, he could have been better. Yeah, he could have been better if he did not, you know want to take advantage of all the opportunities his criminal empire afforded. Yes. That his legitimate business just couldn't. Yep. No, because, I mean, wasn't that Mariah's point early on, too? He could just rely on the club. He could make plenty of money, have his fame, do it legit, be something better. Yeah. But he was, he wanted to be what he was. He wanted power. And that was still the point where I thought that maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, some... Good in Mariah, at least. Mm-hmm. 
that changed <laughs> <laughs> rapidly. Yeah. I liked Cottonmouth as a villain for his part of the series. I think he probably could have carried the whole series. Yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't absolutely. need to be killed off for the narrative purpose so much, except that Mariah is really the one who was the villain of the show. Yeah. That's really the only reason that had to that, happen. That was the linchpin of Mariah's character arc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm fine with that because that turned out so well. Uh, Cottonmouth's death did not like, diminish they went the that show way in because way. she's definitely more interesting. Yeah, I yeah. I want to and, see her and Shades come back in the future. And I expect they will because it's 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 both weirdly satisfying in spite of being frustrating that Misty had her dead to rights, like precisely, mm-hmm. and she can't shit about it. Mm-hmm. I and... mean, there was several points I was expecting Misty to just hand in her badge and walk out and just start acting on her own. Yeah. Isn't she a private detective in the comics? She is. Yeah, so I'm sure that's yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't expect she makes it through, through another couple seasons of anything <laughs> still being a cop. Because damn. <laughs> so the honorary fifth defender, probably? <laughs> I think that's Claire. Or Hellcat. Or Hellcat. Or whoever else they introduce an Iron Fist, because they seem to have this habit Col- of just throwing Colin somebody else in there. Yeah, Colin oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was also referenced in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but Luke Cage, more than any other of these shows, feels like it's leading directly into whatever they're planning to do for the finish. Because there's all these kind of crossroads where things can connect. Mm-hmm. The only thing we're missing now is seeing how Iron Fist does. <laughs> yeah, it's actually going to be interesting to see how Iron Fist plays out overall, just because it's going to be the last thing before Defenders. And I also and... think it's going to be interesting because I feel like Iron Fist more, not not as much in some recent years, but for a long time, Iron Fist was more second fiddle to Luke Cage, it felt like. Mm-hmm. So having him start out on his own, in his own show, before actually, you know, ever interacting with Luke, I think it's, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that that's even you know to the current day is you never really see Iron Fist without. No, Luke. I mean there was that one long, fairly good run with uh, Brew Baker's uh, Immortal Iron Fist, and that kind of set him on his own for a while. But now now it's back to Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. With of course Power Man has top billing, <laughs> so yeah. of course. Um, who we actually haven't really talked about yet is Detective Scarf. See, that is, that is, that is, that is one because at first he seemed like a pretty good guy. Uh, I knew he was going to be the dirty cop right away because <laughs> well, all well, these so, shows no, have I think to they telegraphed it a little too well, much. Well, well so, so here's the thing. At first, I didn't get a feeling that they were going with a dirty cop angle. At first. They always do. Saw it coming. But, but they do. The th- The thing is... He at first surprised me. However, Perez didn't. <laughs> because as soon as the, he start, Perez started in, I knew immediately, I was like, oh, he's the other one on the Cottonmouth payroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thankfully they and, didn't go down that route again. Yeah, I but... am so thankful they did not drag out the Perez, you know, being the... No, mm-hmm. like, as soon as she had, as soon as she had a dead, that was his last scene in the entire show. Yes. Yeah. Like, as, as soon as she nailed that, it's like, nope. <laughs> and I was impressed with how she bluffed him into revealing things too. 
Yeah, which 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 was I think the scene that made me like her the most. <laughs> and then made him handcuff himself. Yes. And yes. I love Misty Knight so much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just give us a Netflix show just about her. I would watch that too. I mean you totally could. I, I would not be surprised if we do get that somewhere down the line. Twenty nineteen. Just someone's talking about it. <laughs> give her her bionic arm. Please. <laughs> More hammer tech. Hammer tech bionic arm. Yep. Uh, yeah, Why are you hitting decent. yourself? Give Why it... are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> you know, give her something decent. Give it. At least make it stark. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, pay up a whole series worth of budget. Have uh, Robert Downey Jr. cameo in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> like a that's like two 15 minutes, se- fifteen second cameo. <laughs> Or, you know, go the cheaper route and have her cameo in Avengers, and then... (laughs) (laughs) No, because, like, all it would be is, at the start of an episode, you would have Robert Downey Jr. just walking out of a door in a hospital room or something. Not even talk to anybody, not even, you know, have a line. Just him walking out as one of the characters uh, is walking in to visit Misty, and... Most expensive cameo ever. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Just I was thinking he'd just, like, stick his head in the room and go, the arm okay? You know, like, thumbs up, <laughs> and then you never see him again. That'd work, yeah. Just a thumbs up with the arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I was a little bit surprised when Scarf uh, strangled the kid. Well, at that point, I knew it was coming. No, because as, I was as like... Soon, uh, as I, soon I, as you see them alone in an alley... And it's like, yeah. oh, it's like, he's taking off his tie. Why? Oh, okay. Wait, here you go. Ah, there it is. <laughs> no, as soon as you see them alone in the alley talking, no one else around, you know exactly Dead. what's coming. Yeah. Like, okay, he is the dirty cop and this kid's about to die. Yes. But yet still, they end up making him sympathetic in the end. A little bit. Yeah, a little. A little bit. Well, they tried anyway. They tried. They tried. Yeah. I'm sorry for Misty, at least. Yeah. I think was the point. Yeah. Yeah, that was way more effective as making Misty a sympathetic character. <laughs> yes. Because keep in mind, he still killed a kid. Even, yeah. Scarf even said himself he knows he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, hey, at least we can agree on one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the scenes with Claire trying to keep him alive were also pretty graphic. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. graphic surgery in this? That's to be expected with Claire. <laughs> also, I mean, you know, of what we've had so far, this is the show that pushes the no nudity rule to its farthest limit. No kidding. What? I wonder what <laughs> Disney was thinking about that. Well, as as I understand it, when you know Daredevil was filming, <laughs> there was two rules: no nudity and no saying fuck. And, but basically, anything else goes. And you <laughs> yeah, know, we should, we they adhere to the side. letter of it. Yeah, we yeah. got some side boob in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. And a whole lot more here. Oh, uh, yeah. Basically, everything but the nipple. Pasties <laughs> um, are a wonderful thing. Uh, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. The language is still pretty coarse, so. Yep. So. I mean, depending how you feel about certain things, this had the most coarse language uh-huh. so far. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be more what I'd be curious what Disney feels about the whole thing. <laughs> then, and just like the F word, I'm like, mm, I, guys, 
<laughs> yeah, maybe you didn't yeah. think that ahead Why quite far enough. Why these? <laughs> it might, they might view it a little bit differently since it wasn't coming from the hero of the show, though. Because he doesn't... They, uh, right. They also might view it differently considering how much money they're probably making off the Netflix shows. Well, I mean, and I how would, much I money? Like to, and how much money Deadpool made? I would like to more contextualize it in the same way that I contextualize the um, the social commentary side of the show, mm-hmm. where it's like you know because it's these people saying it, and that is a real thing that they do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm trying to maintain some sensitivity in how I describe this too, because I'm a white dude. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it's it's language you would hear. Yeah, it is not it is not a white character or you know somebody else of a perceived other class using that word against them. Mm-hmm. Um. So like. Just because of the context of it, it might not be such a thing that Disney would feel uncomfortable about. Yeah. And again, money. Because I, I feel like there's a certain... It feels like they, as, as the Netflix shows go along, and they keep continuing to be successful, they kind of keep getting away with a little bit more and a little bit more with each series. Because, I mean, when you start off with Daredevil, it's pretty violent. Mm-hmm. But then you get into Jessica Jones, which it's about the rape victim. I mean, yeah, straight I mean, up, it, it's just fucking dark. It is dark, and when you hit Daredevil season and two. And fairly explicit the... in a few scenes too. Yeah, you get into Daredevil season two, where the Punisher literally shoots a man's face off at point blank range with a shotgun. Yeah. Yes, and then you come here, <laughs> which is just as violent, <laughs> and. It 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 just feels like they, the more they as they continue to be successful, they're given a longer leash, mm-hmm. and they're able to do with any of these shows more. I don't think that a Punisher series being produced around the time of Daredevil season one would be quite what we'll probably get next year. Yeah, I think you're right. Of course, saying that makes me kind of concerned about what we're going to see in the Punisher series now. <laughs> yes. yeah. For for good or ill. Having read some of the later Punisher comics, especially like the Max stuff, it goes to some pretty dark, violent places. Uh-huh. Like, okay, so to contextualize the violence level in the first season of Daredevil, um, you know, one of the people who worked on the Spartacus series mm-hmm. was working on Daredevil season he one. He was the showrunner. Uh, yeah, yes, the showrunner. Stephen Knight was the showrunner. So, like, you know, there's definitely, you can see the parallels in that, uh, especially with, you know, the head in the door thing. Right. Yeah. I don't think that any of the violence, though, in Luke Cage is gratuitous. No. But that does at least, you know. No, it's not gratuitous. And... No, they more than make up for that with the language. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> It's not gratuitous, especially in that most of the time when someone's getting shot, it's Luke Cage and nothing happens. Yeah, the bullets just kind of bounce off of him. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's... Y- 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 at, a, at a certain point, before they got the Judas the Deus Ex Machina bullets, uh-huh. um, there was a certain point, though, at, I'm like, you guys know better than this by now. <laughs> like, I, 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 
I did like though in the club shootout that they were like shoot her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were actively trying to shoot Misty, which okay, like okay, you guys that actually makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> you're not a, just like up to a you're, point because you know you're not, you're not just senselessly throwing bullets at Luke's head. <laughs> I mean, up to a point it makes sense, but you know if they did manage to shoot and kill her, and they you know don't have a target anymore, and Luke's gonna be kind of mad and not to protect anybody. They did oh. still have hostages. Luke, well, even they still... They run out eventually. Luke smash! <laughs> and everyone you kill is just going to make him even more mad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's kind of the problem. Yeah. They didn't really think that one through. No, they really didn't. They really didn't. <laughs> that whole sequence of events, they, they really didn't think through. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean... In a certain sense, the violence was kind of lower level in Luke Cage because, like, yeah, it didn't have had the Punisher. <laughs> it didn't have the Punisher, correct? Um, <laughs> but like, Luke was mostly the one getting shot. Um, there was gun violence and other physical violence against some of the uh, supporting characters, but also a lot of what was a lot of the you know deaths were being induced by the power glove. Which it's so bad. Yeah, it really was so bad. <laughs> Which I mean all I, that ended up doing was when they're examining the body later, there's a hole in the chest, but at the yeah. time it's not like they're exploding out the back or anything. That's true. Uh well Pops did take a bullet to the neck. Yeah, that was pretty bloody. And yeah. uh Cottonmouth threw a dude off the roof. Those and, and some of the guys and that got back uh, killed at, at that least... meeting. At le- yeah, at least yeah, three, the meeting. Shot <laughs> one, the sh- one shot, two kills through the throats. Yep, yep. I forgot about that one. Efficient. Uh, <laughs> Shades shot at least two people point blank in the head. Yeah. Like I think it did get to a point though. I don't know if it's just me being desensitized, but at a certain point, at the end, towards the end, when um, Shades shot that one guy on the rooftop. Yeah. I, like I didn't even blink. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> or when he when he shot the witness outside the the bodega. Yeah, I'm like I'm like, oh, there's Shay. Oh, yeah, there she goes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, was, like, it wasn't even surprised. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, right. but really, you can't see the season ending any other way. Right. Uh, I mean, you could have Kingpin went to jail. And look how that's turned out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but first, he broke out and killed like that SWAT team that was escorting him. Yeah. And then he went to jail. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't just go easily. Yeah. How, make how is he? How is he ever going to get out of prison for that? How? I don't. Know. He doesn't have to get out of prison. He can control from the inside. He's working for Hammer. I don't think that's what they're leading up to, though. <laughs> well, he has to buy off the right people. Again, like yeah, his his escape was televised. <laughs> right, it doesn't mean he has brutal, to become. A, it doesn't mean he has to be a public figure again. That's true. You know, he just has to arrange for himself to get out. All he's got to do, all he's got to do, is pay off the right people to get himself transferred to a different facility, and then arrange for his transportation to get intercepted. <laughs> in the middle, and then he just disappears. He is currently out of money, though. They made a point of that in 
season two of Daredevil, he he spent all of the money he had stashed that he wasn't using to protect Vanessa. He he blew through all of that money buying. People. Maybe Vanessa will arrange to get that done if she has Maybe. access to the money, or Vanessa becomes a new kingpin. <laughs> hmm. Well, since he took over the prison op operations, he may have a new cash flow to a degree. Ah, uh, okay, good point. Sure, sure. Possible, sure. yeah. Plus, we don't quite know what, what all they're going to be doing in Iron Fist and Defenders, so... Who knows? I, I think we just all agree we want to see more Kingpin. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and there is the evil law firm from Jessica Jones. I, I think, uh, she... Um, the lawyer from that, Hogarth? Yeah. Yes. She's in Iron Fist. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun. All the fun. So, we've got Hogarth, uh, we've got Claire, we've got Madame Gal. <laughs> Madame Gal is entertaining. Yes. I don't know if she'll be entertaining enough to, like, you know, be in the whole series worth, but we can sure try. <laughs> well, it just seemed like she's used best in small doses. Yeah, her scenes with yeah. Kingpin were some of my favorite scenes in season one of Daredevil, honestly. Well, especially, um, you know, when they started talking directly. Yes. Uh-huh. That was, that was when it started getting really interesting. I mean, we could probably sit and talk for hours about Daredevil Season 1, because I don't think we ever actually did the first time around. <laughs> God, I need to rewatch that. I kind of like to also, yeah. It's just as good the second time. <laughs> I need to watch Jessica Jones again, though. Same. I mean, yeah, it's just I'm reluctant to, because, you know. it's It's been almost a year. I'm still disappointed they killed Kilgrave, even though I can't really think of any other way to resolve that. I, I'm only dis disappointed because it's that because performance there's so was few good so villains in the Marvel stuff. Good. The only way they could really have kept Kilgrave alive would be to have him be injured in such a way that he loses his voice permanently, or or which he would be like... the most torturous thing for him because he would still have his powers and have no way to control anyone. Or we'll put him in a coma. No, well, I mean, because like. Thematically, if you, you had to get rid of kill his him, well, no, I'm thinking more in the thematic terms of if you're not going to have him die, if he's going to stay alive, he needs to be put in a position of suffering for the rest of his life because that's just, you know, the payback he would get because he is the <laughs> villain. Or he could have just gotten away and lived to be a threat again down the road. Yeah, but at the same time, I wouldn't, like, it would... It would hurt any future project with Jessica Jones just because that threat would be looming all the time. It would inform every appearance she has afterward. Hmm. You have to eliminate him as a threat, which is either killing him or putting him in a position where he can't use his powers anymore. And But either way means you can't use him anymore. Well, okay, <laughs> if something happens to him where he can't talk anymore... You know, there's ways to decide that, okay, this got fixed. Mm. Or, you know, he learns how to use his power through a different means, you know. <laughs> Commanding people through sign language. Yeah. 
uh, sign language, get, you know, one of them Stephen Hawking things. <laughs> See and say. <laughs> Kilgrave ordering people around with a C and say. I, I maybe need to see that happen now. I think David Tennant's a good actor to pull that off. <laughs> You're not wrong. I wish they were still making uh, the Superhero Squad cartoon, because, like, they could totally do that in that. God. Do you ever watch the Superhero Squad cartoon when it was on? Eh, the, what I saw I wasn't impressed with, but I only saw a couple episodes. It was pretty entertaining. It It, it knew exactly what it was doing. I might just get a couple rough ones then. Especially, like, Captain America talking like he still lived in the 40s. <laughs> that was kind of fantastic. Uh, Galactus is George Takei. I don't oh. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. Um, okay, so. Uh, do you think we've covered Luke Cage? Because we're getting close to an hour and 45 here. I think that's covered it pretty well. Hit points. And everybody but me is in Eastern time and probably needs to go to bed soon. Yeah. I'm in Eastern time. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Every, you said everybody but you. Yes. That's right. I forget. You're just, like, right over the line. Basically, yeah. yeah. The time zone actually goes right around his area. I've seen the map. Well, you know why that is, though? <laughs> because um, Nashville, is in, Nashville is in the Tennessee Valley. It's, you know, down depressed. So I think that kind of it tinkers a little bit with where the light hits at the right time. Oh, Jesus. It's weird. Yeah, I expect. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Mickey lives right on the time zone line, so, like, his sun sets an hour later than everybody else in Eastern Time. <laughs> yes, I have heard him talk about that before. <laughs> it's really weird when I go there, like, in the winter. Uh-huh. And it's still light out at, like, 7 o'clock. Yeesh. <laughs> it gets dark here at uh, like 5. Yeah, 5.30. <laughs> like, seriously. Okay, well that was that was a good talk, you guys. Yes, sir. Yeah. We're going to have to Eat do again this. in March for Iron Fist? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Unless we screw it up again like we did with uh, Daredevil Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to talk about Daredevil Season 2, I don't think. Well, we kind of did. I wanted to talk about I mean, Punisher. I, would... I didn't want to talk about Elektra. <laughs> I would have talked exactly. about Elektra, that's fine. Because I, I actually enjoyed all of it. It's the weakest, but I still yeah. enjoyed the entire series. It's the weakest, but it's still good, yes. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wanted to talk about it bad enough to make it happen. I guess. What is, that, what is actually worse, Electra's portrayal or Diamondback's suit? Diamondback. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Just Diamondback in general. Because they actually gave Electra a workable iteration of something like her costume. Yeah, that's true. So, like, you know, Diamondback's suit is just a travesty. <sighs> it's, it's, yeah, a crime. <laughs> the greatest crime perpetrated in Luke Cage was Diamondback's costume. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Superhero time. Next time, I'll see you.